0: Hello, hello, uh, welcome to the 13th podcast in our series, um, all the others are up on YouTube, feel free to watch them, Uh today we're doing a podcast on how to get a sponsor, I think it's probably the, the number one asked question, I think for um, a lot of streamers, a lot of young organisations, people uh, for us, really, um, it's, it's still a, a day-to-day thing, of you know, how do we grow our business and all this. Um, Especially if you're a streamer by yourself, you might not have representation sometimes, and you're out there by yourself and how do I go about monetizing my stream? I guess. Um, so today we've got some awesome people with us. Um, Jacob, feel free to introduce yourself. You start with. No, I'm, I'm Jacob. I won't give you my surname because it's too long.
1: You won't give you my um, I'm e-commerce and marketing manager for Overclockers UK. So I basically overlook day-to-day of marketing department at Overclockers UK, and I'm also responsible for most of the communications that you see um, on a daily basis. Yeah, that's me.
0: And Stephen, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm Stephen Lovett. I'm the business development manager for Noble Chairs, and I pretty much do similar sort of thing. I focus on mainly marketing and any sort of opportunities that arise, whether it's partnerships, uh, working with influencers, uh, doing product reviews, anything to do with getting the chairs out there, really.
0: Great, great. Sorry about the music, guys, at the start there. Though. I, I thought i quit it, and I didn't. <laughs> um, so apologies if you if you can hear us in the start, but. Um, great. Yeah. So I think, um, we'll jump into a bit about, I mean, so we've been working with uh, endpoint, um, and noble chairs for oh, God knows how long now three to four years nearly. Um, it's been a really good long partnership, uh, which has grown over time. Um, I think we started back in G Finti elite series maybe. I think it was, um, it was a long time ago. Um, yeah, I mean, let's, let's start, let's start the pro- like with the process. Um, if someone contacts you, um, how do you go about looking into that individual or their, or their business um, outside of their proposal, uh, for a start, I guess? Um. So for me,
2: um, we get contacted pretty much in every sort of manner, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, even letters in the post, <laughs> um, we get contacted everywhere. So for me, how I'd sort of start is I'll make sure that everyone goes into my emails. Um, so it's all in one place um, when it goes to actually looking into the proposal and the individual um it, it varies to be honest I, I kind of look to see who that person is first of all um don't want to sound stalkerish but i like to find out exactly who it is make sure they're genuine um you'll be surprised how many people are out there uh, faking uh, another person trying to get free products out of you uh, a good example is actually when um, i had a, a email come through saying hey i'm this product reviewer quite a popular reviewer i won't mention his name um but he reached out to me saying oh can i review one of your chairs and put it on youtube blah 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 but what he didn't know is that, like the scammer he didn't know that i was um friends with this reviewer in person so i just contacted him saying mate this is genuinely not you As a uh he's like nah so i knew it was fake so yeah you have to look into the email and make sure that they're genuine i think that's probably the first step um, when it comes to sort of working with them, I, I guess it it varies. Um, I, f- I don't know really. I think for me, it it makes sure that their proposal lines up with sort of the Noble Chairs brand. Um, for example, if someone's promoting a product over, say, YouTube, and they're mainly a Minecraft streamer, that may not quite fit with what we're trying to do because uh, Minecraft streamers probably their audience is younger, um, which may not fit with our premium brand that's necessarily more expensive. So it's trying to sort of match that
0: up and to to make sure it works. Yeah. You you gotta respect the hustle in some ways for that. So yeah, Jacob, feel free to-
1: uh, It's, It's pretty much the same for Overclockers UK. So obviously once we are approached, we need to do a bit of due diligence. We need to get the general feel about that person's content. We need to check the volume of following that person's got or that organization, whoever contacts us. And and we need to check the type of content. So we need to make sure that there are no clashes between our brands. And then we can carry on the conversations, basically. It's really simple, actually.
2: Yeah, and I think there's different ways as well, like if they're contacting us with a proposal we need to know what they want from us and what we would like from them and it could be different things, it could be affiliates, it could be sponsorships, it could be partnerships, Uh, if it's even bigger it could be like a licensing deal, Um, so yeah it really varies on what works for both parties really and how we could work together and for us I think the most important thing is to make sure it's authentic, the last thing I want to do is work with a brand that maybe be nothing to do with our product, but just doing it, just, I, I don't know. It just has to come across true. Um, like I've seen streamers that are being approached by companies uh, promoting like spreadsheet software and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. if you're a gamer, that's gonna look not very, it just doesn't connect, so. A
0: hundred percent get that, yeah, for sure. Um, and how, how important is like a, a professional deck? Because I mean, I think at endpoint we've got one of the better decks i was i'm pretty happy with how our deck looks when we send out sponsors but um you know we get proposals from teams every day you know pick up pick pick us up we're the best call of duty team you've ever seen um and then there's no info about any of the teams or even a streamer comes to us can we play part of your stream team um they don't even link their twitch um ha- handles so i don't know who they are like <laughs> they they called they called graham on my email and i don't know who they are like um so I mean how important is it? Is a professional deck for you or is it more about who the person is in terms of their stream quality? quality sorry, or
2: um, For me I would say a deck is quite important, I think it depends who it is, if it's an esports team definitely because you need to almost show off your worth if that makes sense, so like you're showing like the events that you've gone to. Uh, the tournaments you've won, what content you've created, your audience, your fan base, you've got a lot to talk about. If it came to a, an individual who's just an influencer, say just a person that streams on Twitch, maybe not necessary. Um, just an email with some details would be uh, more than enough. enough. But um, I think a deck can really help a brand uh, like ourselves to really understand who that person is, what their aim is, what they've done already, what they've achieved, and, and what they're looking to do in the future. So yeah, I think having a, a really good deck uh, would would really help.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think any deck that you ever prepare, you need to think of a few things, because to be honest, 90% of decks that I read are the same, and mm-hmm. they're either too long or too detailed, or it's the opposite. They don't actually mention anything. Like you said, they don't have links. So. so- for me, it should be short and it should hit the sweet spot, basically. So you definitely need to think of providing top line numbers. Demographics are really important. So don't forget about the brand that you're trying to get a sponsorship with. Like I can give you the example as us, Overclock is UK. Um, we obviously want UK, um, audience mostly. So have that in mind. Obviously, we have ways where we can utilize global presence as well, but as a company, Overclockers UK will definitely benefit more from UK-based um, audience through that streamer. And also think of what you can give as an individual. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of packs that actually um, include content plans. So come up with something, come up with frequency, for example and tell us what you're ready to do for us and then I'm sure our conversation will be much more smoother.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually one of the things I learned over the years was um, when we first started doing it we never put you know, maybe KPIs in it so um, some kind of right I'm gonna do X amount of posts for you, I'm gonna do X amount of times there'll be ads played on your my stream, there'll be whatever and, and actually have KPIs which you set obviously be flexible with those i mean you know overclocks on noble chairs for example might want more of one thing and less of another but um i think that's quite important um i also think a deck in my opinion is is important because it shows if you do a professional deck which looks nice nice when you when um when they do a piece of content for you you know that the standards are going to be high because they've come to you with a, a professional looking deck instead of Something which graphically might look a bit rubbish, and it will pre- present your brand better, is is the way I see it a lot of the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stephen, have you got anything to add on the, um, you know, kind of what aspects you think are most important in a proposal? Um, yeah, touching on what uh,
2: Jacob said, actually, is make sure the deck is tailored for that company. Um, the amount of times I've opened a deck and I've had to close it almost straight away is because the first 10 pages is telling me what gaming is. And it's like, I've, I've been in that industry for 12 years. Yeah. You're contacting, say, Overclockers, for example, that's been in it for 20 years. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't interest. And then the very last page is just about them, yeah. whereas the whole point of the deck is to present yourself. Um, I can understand if you're talking about gaming and you're sending this deck to maybe a, a non-gaming brand, say you're sending it to, I don't know, a car manufacturer or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think definitely focus on your own achievements and what you can do in that space rather than focusing on the industry as a whole. Like, yes, the gaming industry is impressive, it's great and all of this, but that isn't what makes who you are as a, as a brand. So. Yeah, I would definitely focus on on yourself. Um, it's quite hard sometimes to write about yourself or your own company, because it sounds like you're being a little bit big headed, but you should be proud on what you've achieved over the time. And uh, it's your chance to show it off and show off to the brands that you're trying to sort of get on board. So yeah, just don't be shy. That's probably what I'm trying to say there.
0: I completely agree um, with that, yeah. Oh, it sounds... And it's, um, I think... yeah, go for it Steven, sorry.
2: yeah. So yeah, I was just going to say, like if you are sending a debt to a non-gaming brand as a gamer, that's probably a good idea as well because um, there are brands out there now that are getting into the gaming space, like KFC Gaming, for example. Uh, even Audi, I think they sponsored one of the ESL tournaments and they handed over a car to yeah. like the man of the match and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely worth sort of thinking out of the box. That's really cliche, but yeah, thinking out of uh, the, the norm, I, I guess, and work with other brands uh but also working with gaming brands to sort of stay in that space but.
1: yeah also treat every deck like individually don't send same <laughs> deck to 50 people <laughs> and count for the best because i guarantee that that's not going to work
0: yeah we get we get emails all the time saying oh it'd be amazing to it's a for fanatic blah 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 oh, okay so i think you've already you've copied and pasted that email from them to us without Thank checking you. it over um, yeah. Which I find I funny, think... but it's probably an instantly no for me because of that. <laughs> um, but yeah,
2: it's, um... yeah. And when we say personalize, it isn't like you say just change the name on the deck. I think you should at least yeah I agree literally have some personalization. Like, hey, Stephen, this is you know this is this is it. Whereas, like you say, we've I've had a deck where they've had a, another chair brand uh, on it. <laughs> and you, you think all oh, right, okay, so they've just sent this one deck to as many companies as possible and hoping for the best. Yeah. Whereas and then that makes you think. Well, should I really be working with someone who's just trying yeah. to work with anyone? They clearly don't want to work with you. So, I
0: agree. Yeah, yeah. And I think every company should, or stream, or person should have their own standards of who they promote. You know, instead of some rubbish products, you should. We like to promote the best products, which is why we're, mm. we're sponsored. With, we're part of both of you guys. So, yes. um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess moving on, um, we find that. We get a lot of applications, as I said, for teams or, or streamers or whatever. I think streamers is slightly different, but because there's so many of them that we, the, you know, every email we find someone new. Um, you can you can browse on Twitch forever, and there's just you know, amazing me how many people there are who stream. Um, but pro teams, especially, uh, we would we get all the emails for them. But realistically, I would say ninety nine percent of the time or more, we will disregard it because. If we want a team, we'll go scout it ourselves. We'll we'll know the game we want to get into. Um and then secondly, we'll you will go scout who's the best talent for us in that game. And we we'll, we'll do the research ourselves instead of someone emailing us, telling us who they are. Um I think we've only ever picked up one team from an email. Um yes, I mean what's your guys' thoughts on do you scout the talent yourself or do you wait for people to come to you? Um to for us, it's a bit of both. Um,
2: we get, obviously, a lot of people um, asking for free chairs. That's kind of become a meme in, in my world. But
0: yeah.
2: um, I get a lot of requests through my personal accounts, but uh, quite a lot through the official accounts, so like on our website, uh, social media, and stuff like that. And then anything in the UK tends to end up in my inbox anyway. Um, so it, it kind of works either way. Um, I'm always looking for people in particular areas Um, With me, I think it's a little bit different. Obviously with Jakob, it's mainly PC gaming. Whereas with Noble Chairs, it isn't just gaming. Uh, The chairs can suit in say like a a music studio or whatever. So I could could reach out to different areas and yeah i think it's both ways i've also been interested where emails have come through and they have caught my eye and i would like to work with them but i tend to respond to pretty much all of the emails come through even if it's a a rejection and i don't want to work with them i'd rather just let them know that not right now but maybe in the future we could work together
1: yeah it's definitely a mixture of both as Stephen said and yeah we always try to respond to everyone but with the amount of emails that we receive sometimes. It's not always possible. So apologies if you haven't heard from us yet,
0: but you might do. So thank you. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's a big commitment to reply to everyone, because I'll be honest, like, yeah, we don't, because the amount of people we, we get, we say apologies, it's not right for us, they, then you then have to send six emails back and forth telling them why it's not right for you, um, because they come back to you with mm-hmm. a, well, why I'm doing this, I'm doing, you know, or whatever. They try and they try and push it, I guess um so fair play because um yeah sometimes it's hard it to have that stress difficult.
2: yeah yeah it can be difficult but i would say i maybe not reply to everyone but i would say majority i would actually reply to even if it's uh, majority a, is
1: a, is a good word, word definitely
2: yeah, yeah um sometimes it depends on the day obviously i could be really busy one day doing a launch of a new product or, of course Yeah. it's also timing um you could you may have sent this deck over to a brand person and that day could be a deadline for a particular launch or there's an event coming up or something like that. So it isn't necessarily that you've been declined. It could just be that they've been busy. So you could maybe try again, at a later
0: stage or... I think timing um, is a huge part of it actually, like a huge part <laughs> because I mean, especially um, brands go through their budgets at certain points in the year. You might not know when that point is. They might have a bit of extra budget left or, you might have just finished their budget and they've, they've got no budget for the next three three months six months whatever um it's so a timing cat so there's obviously an element of i guess luck and variance in some of that um but i guess if you don't you know shoot your shot you're not gonna, not gonna get it's not gonna happen probably a lot of time um yeah so i was
2: actually speaking to a a good friend of mine who is a streamer on twitch and he was asking advice from me as to um what to send and, and when to send it and stuff and he, he was actually at a point where he was almost not going to send the email because he wasn't confident in himself mm-hmm. and he was too shy and i said just do it just send it you've got nothing to lose and then two days later he's got the sponsorship so it, it's worth just trying at the end of the day so
0: it's the same with applying for jobs i mean you're not gonna get the job if you don't apply for it a lot of the time exactly um which i think is is a huge part of it um okay yeah let's move on a bit um so obviously covid right now is a very different space to what it was like last year um you guys attend how many events a year probably three or four no. i don't know yeah in the uk
2: probably a few months,
0: months. Yeah. yeah so i mean obviously you go to your IA series and all this kind of stuff maybe epic lands you guys want to see epic land now actually um what what are you doing differently now? Because obviously events aren't on, so how so? What how have you changed what you're doing? What's worked? What hasn't worked? Um, in terms of sponsoring during the during the online period, I guess now as it were.
2: For noble chairs, we're just stuck at home. <laughs> Luckily, sat in our chairs, so that's good. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're focusing mainly on events that crop up online obviously physical events aren't a thing right now uh, which is unfortunate because i really do miss the physical events and i think for noble chairs it's actually quite important because um i think with our brand you have to kind of see the product sit in the product almost feel the product and understand that it's it's a great product but um yeah. by not having that event there it kind of takes that away but i feel with a lot of good feedback uh recently from a lot of awards being won and a lot of customers being happy with their products. It's kind of being shared online anyway, so we're kind of uh, glad that that's happening. Um, so it's kind of working for us. Um, but yeah, I guess digital events is the next best thing. It's kind of the only option right now, I think for a lot of companies. Um, we obviously took part in Epic Epiclan, uh, Overclockers and noble chairs. did actually a few weeks back. Uh, that was quite successful. It happened over a, quite a long uh, weekend. That was good fun. Um, but then there's also games companies like Bethesda, that are in QuakeCon uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Normally they would have a, a physical event, but obviously that's all moved to online, so they're sort of connecting all their um, yeah their community managers around the world, I think, to kind of put on a show, which is challenging, I think. Um, luckily for us, we don't really put on that sort of event, we just sort of take part. Um, but I can imagine it's quite stressful trying to put something like that on.
1: Yeah, as, as a company, Overclockers UK, you know, it's very similar to, to Noble Chess. Obviously, as Stephen mentioned, there was Epic One, and this is something that we're always happy to support. And uh, Noble Chess, I think it's safe to say, you know, there will be some presence at Online Gamescom, 100%. It's obviously in Germany, where our headquarters are based as well. It's something that we should probably mention, Stephen, because maybe not everyone knows about Noble and Overclockers UK. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, go for it um okay so basically overclockers uk and noble chairs are owned by the same company called case king based in germany just so you know so me and stephen actually work in the same office
0: not right now though we're in different yeah, rooms
1: yeah. <laughs> we live really close to each other who's that unfortunate yeah, for.
0: who's that unfortunate <laughs> for <then? Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. um
1: but yeah epic one is a big thing obviously we try to Uh, maximize our campaign efforts around big events as well obviously you know the next big one is Gamescom so we can definitely expect something from us during that time as well
0: great yeah Uh, I mean as we're on events I mean have you guys got a a favorite event have you got like any good stories from past events Um, maybe maybe I mean you must get people approaching you all the time asking at events for sponsorships and stuff you got any do's and don'ts or I don't know
1: yeah Yeah, don't be a simp just come over.
0: (laughs)
2: yeah uh, there's always people asking for stuff obviously uh usually it's freebies like merchandise on the stand and stuff like that um with myself, it's a it's a bit different. People keep asking me for free chairs, but that's almost become oh. a joke now. I actually had to make a tally of how many people were asking me for free chairs. I think the first time I did it it was about thirty odd. And then I think at the last insomnia it was over a hundred people just asking yeah. me for free chairs. But I'm pretty sure most of them were not genuine. It was just people yeah, joking yeah. around.
1: It's but- a good meme though. I love it. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it drives me nuts a little bit because I feel like they're gonna be serious and then boom
0: they come out of that. But Or well, you think... can't or you can't tell if they're being serious or not, probably a lot of time as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it can get a little bit awkward, so <laughs> but um yeah, no, I'm trying to think of funny things really that's happened. Uh can't think of anything at the top of my head. Obviously, events in general are just great fun. Uh, meeting up with people uh, like yourselves at Insomnia and these sort of gaming events to catch up and see what they're up to and having more of a face-to-face sort of meeting and friendly chat, really. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's
1: a great time for you know bonding and partnerships and also team bonding as well. Like as overclockers UK, we always go like a full marketing team. So this is this is our time basically to spend a bit more time together. And, uh, yeah, that th- th- that's the story, pretty much.
0: They get pissed yeah. off at the pub quizzes
2: and, yeah. <laughs> people, of course. <laughs> it, I would say events, actually, is probably a, a big thing for sponsorships, thinking about it. Because I think if you get to know the person that you're sending the email to or sending the deck over to, right. You know how that person is. Like, if I don't know, it's a bit weird when you just get given an email address or you're just yeah, about you just like, put a face to it. Yeah, you can put a face to the company and the brand. So it does make it a lot easier. And you can maybe get some hints or just some idea if it's worth even sending an email from just a quick chat with someone. So I think events are a good place to actually network and get to know the person, definitely.
0: I think it's also, I mean, if, let's say you meet in a person at an event two years ago, and then they see you're still around in two years time. They're not, they're here to stay kind of thing. They're not someone who's going to be two months later giving up and, or whatever, which must be one of the biggest troubles actually as well in in terms of, you know, all these people saying they want to be full-time streamers or whatever. Streaming is a huge commitment. Um And there are a lot of people that will do it and then give up after a certain amount of time. I mean, you must, if you're going to commit a budget to someone, you want some reassurances, I'm sure that, um that they're going to be around in by the time you finish it you finish the the
2: partnership but yeah that is a good point actually when i've seen the similar face like i've gone to so many events but if i keep seeing that similar face yeah. over and over again it, it almost goes into my mind obviously if i meet that person once and i'll probably forget about them after the show um but if i keep seeing them over and over again having conversations and when i'm gonna launch a new chair or something i might think of that person and think actually they could be a good fit to work with and um do some sort of campaign around so yeah i think definitely meeting up with the brand managers and the, the, the staff at least on the stand um, the only thing you've got to be careful of is a lot of brands tend to use agency staff yeah it can be a little bit awkward you could go to a stand uh, for whoever and find out that no one on that stand actually works for the company um, so just don't fall into that trap but uh, with ourselves we tend to always man our own stands anyway we're usually the people behind the scenes and uh, yeah taking part of the events
0: Would you say if someone approaches you at a stand what's the best thing to say like um, can I chat to the old marketing manager or like you know um, what would you say the best th- thing to do is if you com- go approach a random stand it might not even be you guys so
2: yeah, I think people have done it in different ways like they'll just chat to whoever is there on the stand um, if they're interested or you know the the word sort of gets passed around all of us uh, chat to each other on the stand anyway so you say of I don't know um, someone came up to to Jacob, and he was really interesting to work with. Jacob would probably tell me. So, um, speaking to the marketing manager or the influencer manager probably is a, a good thing to try and do because they're the people that you want to eventually chat to. But yeah. I think just trying to people in general understand, getting to know the company a bit more on a sort of personal level, I think is. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah you, can, you can definitely get our vibe because you know, as a company we're quite relaxed as well. Obviously we're professional and we need to, but in general the best thing about Overclock as UK is we are actually members of our own community and we are all gamers and there's definitely a lot you can talk to us about so I highly recommend just coming over and, and chatting hello. with us.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's the biggest step. I mean when I first started doing this like as Endpoint or whatever. You're obviously very nervous, you're walking around the event and go, Oh, I'll go to them later, I'll do this, you know. And you're very nervous about going up to a stand and um and actually approaching them. And I think I know the whole just do it kind of thing is stupid because it's harder than that. But once you start doing it, once you do one, you do two, you do three, you get better and better at it and you slowly just you naturally just walk up to a stand and go and talk to them. Um and it's really important. I think it's really good and it. It's not just about partnerships as well. You meet friends, you meet uh, people in the industry, you meet um, you know, connections, just networking and just and yeah, become good friends with some of the people you chat to on stands probably because um, they're at all the events like you go to, like you love to go to. So Yeah,
2: um, of course.
0: And what's your favorite event then for each year you go to if you're allowed to say that? Um,
2: to be honest, I don't have a favorite i have a favorite in sort of different categories i guess so like gamescom is probably my favorite in terms of uh being blown away with all the latest games and the the stands are there like well it is the biggest gaming event in the world um for example when you go to the case king booth at at gamescom it's impressive because they're showing the latest hardware um they got a lot of cool stuff on the show like last time i went they had a submerged uh computer in water um they had really crazy mods where it's like an old dressing table but they turned it into a pc and the mirror turned into the monitor and some crazy stuff like that so gamescom is quite cool for um just seeing some really cool stuff and some epic uh, booths that really spend a lot of money on putting on the performance there yeah um but when it comes to the uk i'll probably say Insomnia and egx are probably uh two great events um if i was to do a lan i really like epic LAN, um more community focus um, i think for me i enjoy that almost more so because although i'm there to work and obviously uh, promote the chairs there's a lot of people there that are actually my friends because i play games myself so uh, there's a lot of people there that i play games with or, or know so that's quite a nice community event and then also Twitch London, that's quite a cool Yeah, I love event. Twitch London
0: as well, it's pretty
2: cool. Um, yeah. For me, that's a lot more relaxed as well, because it's literally just a networking event and sort of getting to know other streamers and there's other industry people there as well. So um, yeah, there's lots of great events, to be honest. I couldn't just pick one, so.
1: Yeah, Stephen covered all events, so I can't give you any more. Um, <laughs> you, might, you might have a different
0: view to him, you might, you, might, you know. Yeah
1: games come definitely for games it's just amazing i love going and was yeah. lucky enough to go every year for the past three years i think um also um there's an event in taiwan called computex uh, it's basically eastern ces uh, but only for computers um, so it's a great place to go to i've only been once but i really want to go again and again case king has a massive stand in there and you know we usually show off the latest attack um and obviously, other vendors do as well, and it's a really great place to go to and all tech goes every year pretty much,
2: yeah. Yeah, if you get a chance to go to Gamescom, that's definitely one to recommend. Uh, even if you go for a couple of days, like the weekend, yeah, actually, you wouldn't even see it in a couple of days. The halls are so big that have you have you been Pete? Or? I've not been to Gamescom, no. I've not no. Been to it, no. So, like, some of the booths that there are literally size of houses, like they're multi-storey, they take up a whole hall. Amazing. Um it's ridiculous. I remember I the some ed- of the
1: booths are probably the size of the massive warehouse, which is yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, Blizzard, Blizzard Arena is like that, technically, it's it's massive, it literally takes yeah. the whole
2: hole. I remember Sony, they had a, a stand, and I say it's a stand, it was literally, probably the whole of Insomnia was their stand, like that's how big it was, and they had an after party uh, for all the exhibitors, so they invited every single exhibitor there, they had loads of big DJs, but they held it on their stand, so that's how big it was, Jesus so it's just yeah. ridiculous. But but yeah, it's a good event to go to. Um, but even the ones in the UK, Insomnia, EGX, Epic LAN, they're all great gaming events.
0: I think, um yeah, I think as you said, you mentioned Twitch London. Um I, I personally think that's a really good one if you're a streamer. Um because you'll A you'll meet other you'll meet other streamers which is good because when you become friendly with other streamers, you know, hosting each other, um, interacting with each other's chat, it's just more a better community you can get, um, and it's beneficial in general but then you'll get people like you guys you'll also get people like like me who look up picking up people for our stream team which is beneficial for them as well and us it's mutually beneficial um I mean the best partnerships are win-win partnerships obviously um and yeah I I think that's a really good one to go to it's free obviously it's in London which can be expensive but I don't know yeah I think it's it's good and yeah. everyone gets pissed, so you generally get better answers out of people as well. So yeah, <laughs> it's actually yeah. one where we have to be careful that we don't get too. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've got, got a thousand followers. followers. <laughs> Here's a free chat. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Just take this. Yeah. One. yeah, if you're an aspiring streamer, then Twitch London is definitely a place to go to.
0: Yeah, and and actually the the uh, they have a partner night as well the night before usually. Um, if you're a partner streamer, I you should this is like a hundred percent you should go to that. Um, and even if you're a decent affiliate, um, you can usually get in as well and it's, it's a very good event to go to. Um, they have lots of games game publishers there as well which are, are really good for Twitch streamers to get free games or to do you know, stuff like that with as well, uh, from, yeah, from I think, promotion. I think working with game publishers is a,
2: a good one as well because you need the content to play, like if you are course, yeah. a streamer that plays games then working with these people that can maybe help you with some I don't know special
0: DLCs or up and coming games, so,
2: yeah, it's, it's a good one to go for.
0: Well, hopefully, 2021 we can be back back at all these things. But fingers crossed, um, I guess let's, just go, let's go back slightly and um, let's talk about the deck and what's in it and stuff. And I mean, a lot of people say it's all about the numbers, um, and a lot of it is down to the numbers you know, how many eyes you have on you, what exposure. Obviously, there are other parts to it, you know, if someone's got a really good community. That's very important. Um, I mean, what, how far in do you guys go in terms of like, someone can have loads of followers, but they might have really bad viewership or that, you know, how, how important is followers? How important is actual viewership? How important is, I mean, obviously demographics as well and all that. And how do you look at that kind of stuff? Um,
1: you know, I feel like the most important aspect of any proposal is actually the individual that uh, that proposal is about and um you know numbers are important of course and we do have certain requirements but not always sometimes it's all about the person it's all about our intuition about that person as well and um, we obviously as i said before we do our due diligence and we check the content of that person and uh, you know if there's a if you have a decent community behind it, then you know. feel free to reach us, of course. Um, we are definitely the people who can notice that.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think numbers are important, but like you say, it's a case by case basis. For example, if I was just to say, if I was working purely on numbers and I said, right, I'm only gonna work with people that have a thousand concurrents on Twitch that's really limiting myself like i'm literally just focusing on that and no one else whereas i think if you work on more of a case-by-case basis and see you know who's growing like i've worked with streamers that are small but i can see that they're growing quite fast or i really like their content or they're really being different with their streams like they're providing maybe something new that's never been seen before and then you see them skyrocket up but obviously that doesn't always happen there's also been times where uh, they have done some amazing things but it just hasn't gone too well for them. But it's worth a risk. I think um for me numbers are important, obviously for my boss and stuff. But overall it's a case case by case basis, working out who, who you would like to work with, who would be suitable for your brand. Um obviously getting as many views, clicks, sales, yeah, that's great. Like that is the end goal, right? But uh overall I think Um, yeah I I wouldn't focus on numbers too much and I think that goes same for streamers really like obviously you're trying to grow your channel and get as many followers as possible but maybe you should focus on more uh, the content you're creating who you're working with uh, make it more of a community thing within your own community rather than just growing for the sake of it Uh, I've seen people do competitions to kind of grow their following on Twitch but they have no one like watching them on twitch they literally just followed yeah. their account just to win a product um so it kind of works both ways i guess but numbers yes important but also at the same time it's not the it's not the whole picture i would say for the person that would be working with
1: absolutely
0: i think yeah i think um, even if let's say someone has i don't know 20 followers um obviously you wouldn't it's not something you naturally would sponsor but if their content is you know Really prime content that's really good quality. It's something you could use on your own channels, your noble chair socials, your Overhooker socials, um, and that has benefit in itself because it's content you don't have to pay to create as well. So it's it's got um, there's yeah if someone's smaller following but their quality of their content is really good and you can see that they might grow in the future as well. Um, there's other ways you can market yourself if you've got if you're a small person. You can market yourself as a uh, creating content for someone um, or um while trying to grow your own stream
2: obviously and also um yeah exactly that and we've had people there's one guy i won't mention his name but there's one guy that uh, reached out to us he was small he's only just literally started twitch but he said that he was going to be on a tv series um on bbc and um that happened and he blew up so if, if you just based on numbers, then you wouldn't have been working with him at the beginning, and you would have lost out. So you really have to look into each person uh, individually, and
0: yeah, see what works. Cool. Um, yeah. Last question before we do Q and A. Q&A. Obviously, if you got any uh, questions, guys, get them in the chat at uh, Endpoint TV, and I'll see them. Um, but yeah, lastly, let's let's talk about the. You know, the probably the most important thing, I'd guess, in um, in any partnership is ROI, the magical word. Um, and I'm guessing it's always the hardest aspect to quantify in a partnership, especially beforehand. It's not going to be like, well, if you spend this, I can guarantee you'll get this. Um, it's a very hard, complex thing to come with. Um, there's a mixture of direct ROI where you can have, um, you know, affiliate links and someone gets, um, you know, certain amount of sales through your, your links. Um, then you also have exposure ROI where your brand's just everywhere and people recognize your brand. I mean, um, what are your takes on this and you know what's worked for you in the past i guess um i think for us i can't really go too much into it
2: um but from a brand specific <coughs> perspective i would say that the investment um that sort of put in uh depends on the original goal so if the brand is wanting to achieve something and trying to work with that person that I don't know, it's hard to say, really. um, Trying to think how I can word it. I think as long as both parties are happy with the agreement and the achievements have been met, then obviously that matters. Um, But ROI for, say, noble chairs, there's too many sort of variations, I guess, and it depends on who we work with. But I think for any brand and influencer, I think as long as they're clear with what the goal is that they've set out, as long as they hit that, then... Yeah, that's a good return.
1: Yeah, it's all about realistic expectations, in my opinion, as well. And, you know, we're a business. ROI is extremely important for us. Um, and that's why, you know, as a someone who's sponsored, you all should always listen to instructions of your um, of your sponsor when it comes to tracking things, for example. And, you know, that helps us to track you properly and track your performance. But obviously, we're aware of this, Incremental value that you bring through um, through banners, for example, or you know through through exposure in general. But you know that's why I mentioned in the beginning, it's really good to present a content plan, and it should be a dedicated content plan because when you provide that and it's not enforced, it kind of sells things naturally, and uh, that's all we want sometimes. Um, so yeah, just stay natural, I would say.
2: And I think it's fine to also negotiate um roi as well say yeah. if the brand has said one thing but you feel like maybe you're not going to meet it or it's too easy or you had a different idea it's definitely worth trying to work out what works best for, for both brands so
0: yeah definitely i mean obviously you don't want to be doing something which isn't related to your brand at all because even you guys don't want that you don't want a streamer to start doing something which isn't natural to their brand because they'll get lost in their community anyway so um yeah Great. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll start on the questions. Um, we've got one from super Mac bros, Ryan. Um, so this is mainly talking about, um, obviously let's say you're talking about a Twitch streamer. How important is it to you guys for them to have multiple platforms, you know, like a discord community, a YouTube channel, um, Twitter, obviously, um, how important is that to have multiple avenues of, of content, I guess, or, or whatever. Uh, Personally, I don't think it's that important.
2: If they're strong at one thing, say for example, doing recorded videos, because obviously you can edit those and have a bit of fun with it, then great. Whereas Mm. if you prefer or you don't have the editing skills and you just want to turn on the camera like we are now and just randomly talking, then that's good too. So I don't think having multiple social channels is necessary. Um, Maybe it helps kind of reinforcing a brand because if people are trying to find you, it's probably easier um there's actually some twitch streamers that i never knew about on twitch but i actually found them through youtube so it has its benefits i guess but i wouldn't say it's necessary
1: no it's probably more important for you as a content creator to have a wide portfolio of mediums than for Mm -hmm. us as a sponsor i would say for me the most important thing is you should be where a community is and that's how we work
0: i think that's a really good point jacob actually it's like you Want to be on as many mediums as possible because then more people will see you from different angles. But yeah. for an actual sponsor, you're sponsoring a specific thing, or you're you know, I mean, obviously, it's great if they've got more, but that means you've got more numbers anyway. So, um, it's yeah, that's really important. point, yeah.
2: And you don't want to stretch yourself out, like if you're really good on Twitch, but you're just trying to do YouTube to kind of for the sake of it, and you're not really putting much time or effort into that, and it's just becoming non-existent or not on time no. uploading the videos and it becomes rubbish and that has an effect on your own brand so I think uh, do what you can achieve and what you enjoy doing I think that's probably a key thing as well don't push yourself because you feel like you have to have a YouTube channel or Twitter or Instagram um, yeah do what you enjoy I think that's also
0: important yeah I think doing what you enjoy is the most important thing about any content creation because if you don't enjoy it you're not going to continue doing it in a year's time it'll be you'll be done yeah um, and I think that touches on mental health stuff as well, but that's a, that's a different subject, but, um, so, uh, next question we've got from purple shrimp. Uh, we spoke about it a bit earlier about, um, you know, someone you, you reply to every application, which a lot of businesses won't do, but, um, do you give feedback on failed applications? And also on top of that, um, if someone fails the first time, for example, um, does a second or further application show that they want to work with you? Or is it irritating? Um, I guess is the question.
2: Um, I guess that varies. Um, if you're constantly sending over an application or a deck every month, yeah, that would probably get irritating, especially after the second or third decline. Um, however, it can work both ways. I I remember I declined someone like a year ago or so. Um, and I can't really remember the reason why it wasn't because of them at all. I think it was just, we didn't have the budget or we didn't have uh enough stock or whatever that, like we couldn't do it at the time but recently we've just started working with them so i've gone back to them and said hey look now the right time let's work together um so to be honest i don't think there's a right or wrong way in in this sort of thing because everyone's different like i'm just talking from my own experience but other uh influencer managers or or brands may work totally differently
1: I don't mean to like sound too harsh but my advice would be just don't be that annoying fly who somehow manages to whatsapp me on my private number or find me on facebook and reach me don't do that don't yeah, be that's
2: creepy. Don't, don't, yeah don't do that <laughs> I've had that before where they try and add me on facebook or stuff like that um yeah, you got to remember that it's kind of business. Like <laughs> trying to contact like my family or whoever to, to yeah.
1: get a
0: chair or whatever is a bit too far. But
1: message your grandma, yeah?
0: Hi, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually it's funny you say that because um, uh, Adam, my business partner, uh, for endpoint, sub so didn't realise that. So on Instagram, you can put a number on it, and it actually is public to some people. Um. And he got loads of phone calls from all these people saying we bought part of your team and all this kind of stuff. Really bad. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, uh, yeah. So you got to be careful where your number gets. But,
1: um... Um, yeah, but on the other hand, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to to send a follow up because you know things might have changed if we refused for the first time. So.
0: What would you say? Like every three months or something, or like obviously you have yeah, to maybe have yeah. grown as well in that time or yes. have something new to offer. But...
1: Yeah, have like have in consideration your growth as well.
2: I would mm. say. Yeah, don't be repetitive. I think, like you say, if you've grown or something's happened or you've ended up on a front page of Twitch or you're doing a charity event or there's something interesting that's new, then you've got something to talk about. So always have something new to talk about. Otherwise, if you're just sending the same pitch uh, over and over again, it's just going to get boring and eventually...
0: I think that's the point though, isn't it? If if it's failed for one uh, one time, if you send the same thing, it's going to fail again. If if it fails for a reason, the reason that it's just not right for time, you'll probably tell them maybe to contact us in three months. Um, and this might be right yeah. for us. If it's something new, then it's different. So yeah. Um, another question, for Purple Shrimp. Actually, um, they asked if we can link any KPIs and stuff. Have you guys got like um an idea of maybe like uh, I don't know top four or five kind of um KPIs that someone might want to include in their deck? You no know, amount of tweets or something like that. You know.
2: Yeah, I think they're following across all channels is probably the most common one. Um, but that doesn't really reflect on their engagement. So I think engagement is quite important. Um, yeah, you may have 50,000 followers on Twitter or something like that, but if no one is responding to your tweets then it, it becomes a bit uh, non-existent. So, um, Kind of showing how popular you are really or how, how you have a community like oh i have this many people in my little uh community or whatever uh does help um yeah. maybe you can show some examples of other brands that you've worked with obviously it's hard if you've never worked with a brand brand before but if you have worked with other brands other brands then maybe you can um yeah show some examples of what you've done with them and it's just kind of proof, in a way, that you've done it before. You've got a bit of experience, and uh, that it worked. So,
1: yeah. Also, have like demographics in mind. Obviously, you know, as I said before, we're overclockers UK. We want we want exposure in UK, but um, Stephen is kind of manning the more global brand. So, that's where actually exposure in the US, for example, is is really handy. And uh, yeah, just think about who you send your proposal to. Yeah, yeah and yeah.
2: A- ages as well. Yeah, like the age demographic, Um, like I said before, Noble Chairs probably doesn't really work well with sort of children or the younger audience because they're not really the type of people that would be buying our product. Um, Whereas the more sort of older teenager and adults, it's that kind of audience. Um, Also, another thing to, this is more for Chairs, I guess, rather than any other brand, but Noble Chairs, obviously our products are focused uh, quite a lot on camera. So if you're a streamer without a camera, for example, or a YouTuber without a camera, you could potentially be declined because obviously the product's never gonna be seen. So that's another thing to maybe consider um, if you can't show off a product in in person.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, so you might put your pros or something like, um, I'm, I'm expecting to hit 1 million impressions on Twitter in the next, uh, per month for this for six months for this six month period or something. That'd be a KPI, for example, which uh, sounds good. And then I would expect to hit 45% of the UK audience or whatever, Um, could be good ones. Okay, Um, another question from Supermac. I mean, you guys are the marketing experts, so you might understand this question. I don't. Um, Is using social blue book uh, a bad gauge for what uh, what to submit for payment values?
2: Blue book, is that the value of each
0: influencer? Is that what
2: that, I can't remember what that is now.
1: Is it one of those services that basically provide some kind of a streamline against your profiles? I think it is. It's a bit like Social Blade, probably. Okay. Mm. Um, we know how to use those tools, so you know we'll do it for you. Uh, but you know, if you feel it gives you uh, a very exquisite numbers and shows you in good light, then sure, feel free to add it to the pack. Then you know, it's not a problem for me we have our internal tools to check those things anyway.
2: Yeah, and I'll definitely say, don't ever try and cheat your way to become an influencer. Uh, we've come across so many people that have big numbers, but when you look into it in the background, it's actually all fake. They maybe gone to some dodgy website and bought a load of likes or a load of views on a video. Um, and we can easily see that, like most people can see that. So if you're really determined to become an influencer, I would advise just doing it properly really just don't try and cheat and buy your way into it because it it hurts you in the long run anyway you'll end up with all these fake likes if anything your account will probably get banned anyway so <laughs> uh, yeah. that probably won't really work in the future either. yeah
1: and also like if you're planning to spend money on following just spend it in a way that will actually give you genuine following such as ads in social don't go to ebay yeah. and buy likes or Twitter, we can we can see that, and you know anyone can see that. Just 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 after looking at your engagement on your profile.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how many people message you. Got like kind of ten thousand followers, and then you look like okay, I haven't heard this person, and you look through their tweets, and they've got two, three likes, in every tweet, and it's just like, uh, yeah, okay, something's um, wrong there yeah, 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 um, yeah. Cool. So the number doesn't really make make a difference. It's more about. How engaging each each number is. um, Yeah. Okay, it's not really a question here, but we can turn it into a question from uh, Sonic Gav. Is um, it's kind of so obviously they, they feel like they've been too small to go for for sponsorships um, in general. Um, but the idea I always had was having a relationship with with such a company um, uh, would be a good way to improve uh, and keep my stream setup updated. In return for a certain volume of promotion rather than actual paid sponsorship so I guess maybe talk about different types of sponsorships you have maybe like affiliate um uh, products yeah. or paid I guess they're all different ones um
2: yeah so it,
0: it varies I
2: think a lot of companies it's almost confusing for everyone because they have they use this, these different terms for different things but the way I see it in my head as an affiliate is obviously someone that's affiliated, but maybe they have like a a discount code or they received a product in exchange of um, uh, some coverage, maybe like a picture of the product on social or whatever. And then you have like partners, partners maybe a bit more where you maybe do more for each other, maybe you'll take them to an event, maybe pay for their hotel their travel, their food um, and stuff like that and maybe stream on, Uh, the stand or stuff like that and then you have like a sponsorship level which to me in my head is more about money we're paying them for their service their advertising their audience essentially um and then you also have licensing deals which is a whole nother sort of thing I, i would say that's more separate it probably wouldn't really work with influencers unless you're huge but a license deal for us is like our mercedes partnership Uh, We create the official chair for Mercedes and we have a licensing deal with them and create um, their official uh, chair, which is great. Um, But yeah, that's how I see sort of each category. I don't know if there's any more, but obviously they all sort of interweave with each other as well.
1: Um, Yeah, you can do that. You You can start as an affiliate and see where that takes you basically and some kickback as well um and yeah and then hopefully you'll be able to grow enough to you know, to get to the stage where we can talk about sponsorship there's few websites um i don't remember them but if you search google i'm sure you'll find it like um there's few portals that um basically if you register yourself and provide like all your urls to to your channels you can get like free game codes for example uh, from uh, from studios which is obviously a tool that you need to create content very often so that's definitely a handy thing to do in order to grow your channel as well.
0: Cool, thanks. Uh, next question actually ties in kind of well with that, actually, and um, it's probably probably had in the past as well. Um, what's the, uh, from White Bombo, what's the best way to approach a sponsor you are already partnered with and you feel that the relationship is a bit one-sided? So obviously, I mean, you just said, Jacob, um, you might start as an affiliate, but then maybe progress into something else. I found some sponsorship sponsors might take, so much to take piss a little bit, I guess, and try and keep it as long as possible at a cheap value until they, you know, until you push it, I guess, sometimes. Um yeah, what, if your... you manage a thousand affiliates, you know,
1: it's kinda it's it's a dual-sided contract, yeah, because you're the yeah. affiliate and you're getting paid per sale. So if you're interested in sponsorship, then you need to reach us. That that's how it works.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah, so, I mean you just you just reach out and say, I'm I'm looking to potentially increase this partnership um happen, yeah. yeah and if they say no then it's up to you if you want to stay with them i guess is the yeah. Yeah. That's I short think to
1: just,
0: yeah yeah it's just being transparent isn't it i guess if you
2: already have a relationship with a particular brand you should be comfortable to chat to them about changes of the the deal or um because influencers they grow obviously they they get bigger and bigger and maybe their worth is is more valuable so it, it makes sense to kind of maybe reconsider and uh, see how you want to work with them. Maybe you want to do a bigger campaign or do some other stuff. But yeah, just talk. I think that's that's the main thing. Just talk about it and discuss what what can be done.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, more of a general question from Purple Shrimp. Um, would you want a viewer to contact you if they, you feel that um, if they feel a person is doing something uh, bad for your brand? Like so, let's say you got X streamer and you got Y viewer. Y viewer sees X streamer doing something bad, um, that d- doesn't look good on overclockers or noble chairs. Um, which should they be contacting you? Do you think? Because uh, yeah. yeah,
2: I think naturally people would do anyway. Um, yeah. usually if anything's bad, we'd probably be one of the first people to hear it. So yeah, do it for sure.
1: Yeah, um, communities do miracles in general when it comes to garden brands. So you know. It's obviously, you know, great that someone's willing to do that, but we also monitor things, and you know, if somehow we missed it, I'm sure we would receive an info from someone.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, I think that's all the questions and chat. Have you guys got anything else you'd like to chat about in general, and uh, any points that you thought needed um, explaining more?
2: No, I think it was a good chat. Really, uh, yeah. kind of getting an understanding from the influencer side and uh, our side. Um, no mighty max you're not getting any uh, free chairs i've just seen that in guys <laughs> if no, so you type um, you type free
0: free chair in chat you'll actually um <laughs> it, it comes up with uh maybe a chance to win a free chair uh you basically what you have to do is you click the link um and then you you pick the chair that you want um and then i think you have to put your credit card details in is that all right stephen yeah and then can, um yeah, you and then you, and you buy your chair yeah and it's uh <laughs> it's the best way to do it really um
2: I think yeah,
0: no, oh, sorry,
2: sorry. yeah i was just gonna say in seriousness uh it, it's kind of a scary world i think being an influencer because you're kind of a, a one-man band like as, as an organization like yourselves obviously you've got a lot more experience you have uh, a team of people helping you out in different areas whereas you are literally just a twitch streamer especially when you started out you probably don't have anyone else to get help or support from so um i would definitely say that it is hard because you're not just streaming you're also trying to connect you're trying to connect with these brands you're trying to go to events you're trying to sort out your finances your marketing for yourself there's a lot that you need to do so it's a struggle but i think once you get to that point where you know you're sort of uh, progressing and you are working with these brands it does get a little bit easier
0: yeah for sure actually i just remember dar said something in chat was um uh, I want the free Haribo and actually that is my one of my favorite things about overclockers is you get, um, every time you order from them, you get a little pack of Haribo, um, which, which I love as well. Um, actually we do have one more question come in. Um, it's funny, hard to phrase. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it as well. Um, in terms of, um, difference between, okay. So, uh, you, you, you're going to sponsor an influencer for example. Um, how do they're going to grow your socials potentially or your reach? How, um, Obviously, some perspective, some sponsors don't then want to. They don't try and grow that influencer as well. Um, how should that relationship work? Do you think that a sponsor should be um, helping to grow that influencer, or do you think like obviously I I do in terms of it should be a two way thing? But um, how do you how do you like to work with partnerships in that way? Do you do you like to grow an influencer as well and have their journey yeah. with them?
2: Yeah, for sure. We share the content um, and always sort of apply and get involved. Um... I think it'd be silly if if you're working with an influencer you need to work with them like it's stupid to just i don't know for me to just give a chair to someone and then just turn away and ignore them for example um so yeah definitely promote them work with them and create content together um that's definitely something that brands should be doing really
1: yeah i know like you know large corporations wouldn't probably do it but you know without naming any, but uh, we would always share that content that's created for us. And naturally that would help that that content creator to grow as well.
2: Yeah, I think the good um, thing about Noble Chairs and Overclockers is that we're, well, I think we mentioned it before, we're not like a faceless brand. We are part of the community. We are sort of getting involved. So it doesn't look out of place when we are sharing the content of other creators or other gamers and teams and stuff, so yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah I, I
1: believe, yeah, I believe that it's in our interest to share that content again anyway.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, OK, we nearly got away, guys. I'm sorry, but now questions start flooding in again. Um, <laughs> um, so from Oddball, Oddball's. Um, so, I mean, you're a Twitch partner already, so I'd say probably you're already uh, you should be approaching people, but uh, what sort of scale should you grow your brand to before reaching out to companies or businesses for sponsorship? We kind of touched on this, but. Um, yeah like i say there's not a number i think it's
2: when you feel comfortable um and also it depends on the brand like (laughs) imagine if you just started out and you go straight to ferrari and ask them for a car that's probably not gonna happen but if you go to i don't know energy drink company or someone with a, a lower value product then maybe that could work but um yeah i don't think there's a there's not really an instruction manual of when you should reach out to a brand. I think it's when you feel comfortable and when you feel you can almost offer something to yeah, the brand exactly, yeah. would be of interest.
0: i tell you, I mean, if you, if you get on a piece of pen and paper, if you can write down five things that you can offer a brand, you're probably ready already. Um, yeah, exactly. You can look down and you can say, I can offer, I can offer a logo on, my, on your thing and it'll get you this many and that's not much, then probably not. Um, yeah. If you think you can do more, go for it.
2: I think another thing related to that is people need to realize that the product that they're getting or or the money or whatever it isn't free there is some value to it so um yeah, if I'm sending a product out, I expect at least something in return um whether it's a post or whatever but um yeah, I think they just need to understand that there is value and working both ways, so.
0: Cool. And yeah, he's yeah, he's asked a few more questions on that. Um odd boards, we did actually we've we've covered a lot of this with KPIs and stuff in it. Uh, this will be up on YouTube tomorrow, guys. I'll put a uh, podcast in chat actually. This is our podcast series. If you look it'll be on probably about ten AM tomorrow morning. Um it'll be on the endpoint Twitter, we'll we'll post when it's live. Um but it'll be all time stamped with um different points of the of the thing. Uh obviously the most important question of how much Harry Bow do you get with a chair? Do you get extra haribo with a chair? Best to normal products? <laughs>
2: Uh, it's actually random. I'm pretty sure the yeah. warehouse staff just throw the Haribo into
0: boxes <laughs> and just hope that it
1: lands. Yeah, pretty much depends on the mood of a person who packs the product.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much I Haribo do you have be stored be up be in be the? Be... How much Haribo do you have stored in the uh, warehouse?
2: Pallets. Yeah, pallets yeah. and pallets of Haribo. <laughs> actually, a yeah, funny story about this is uh, we actually had a letter. I think it was from a, an older gentleman uh, who sent a. It wasn't a complaint. It was more of a confusion. Uh, so it's like a written, handwritten letter, and he's saying that he he's, he basically sent us back the Haribo because he thought it fell out of a warehouse patch. He thought <laughs> it was like one of the stars patch, which I thought was quite cute, but also funny at the same time that this guy's done this, but. Um, yeah we, we had a laugh in the office obviously it was <laughs> it was nice at the same time but we had the we actually sent him a box of haribo in return to say like laugh. <laughs> nice. yeah, you go. yeah. But, but yeah it was quite funny
0: um oh someone said they didn't get a haribo in the last delivery i mean he must have had a grumpy day at the office the, the warehouse manager. Yeah. maybe uh, i ate it
2: instead yeah yeah <laughs> you guys should
0: get um some kind of partnership yourself with haribo and uh, just promote them for free haribo for-
2: Actually yeah. yeah, I might rewatch what we've just been doing to see how I can approach yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly, yeah. Um there you go, I mean, Harry Burr, I'm, I'm assuming gaming, We should be. Um yeah. Okay, have we got any more just scrolling through? There's a lot of messages, but I do uh... Overclock has no which has by far the best support team I've ever met. This is not a question, it's just a big up for you guys. Uh, mm. I've worked with them at, um our, yeah, hours and yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Cheers, guys. I'll let you guys get off. If you miss any questions, feel free to ask any questions in the YouTube comments as well. Um, and I might poke Stephen and Jacob if they if we get any, and I'll get them to answer for you. Um, but thank you so much for coming on, guys. Um, have we got any streamers live that we can host uh, quickly? But uh, that's the. Um, As the stream over, feel free to check us out on socials. We'll be hosting one of our Rocket League players, Relating Wave. So we'll get here, we'll raid him. Feel free to say hi. He's a professional Rocket League player in the RLCS for us. Um, and there we go, yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, and thank you, Stephen and Jacob, um, for your time. Thank you, and thank you, bye, guys.